season two. What a hey guys, welcome to an all new season of a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. I am your host, Matt Kozakowski, and alongside me today to kick off season two is the one and only Kane Carter. Kane, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. Does that make me friends? You're Matt and I'm friends now. You're friends, dude. You're family. You know, we consider family now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, it's funny because, you know, I started the show back in December last year and it was just like a review show. And it was actually called the Pro Wrestling Podcast with Matt and Tony because I had a, a, a co-host and we were doing review shows and stuff. And then kind of things went a different route. So he's like, well, why don't you just do something like because I tried out for pro wrestling back in the day and my name was going to be the rocket Paul Matthews. And he's like, well, why don't you do something like to the moon with Matt Kozakowski? And I was like, well, cause to the moon's uh, Cameron Grimes gimmick. So I don't want to steal that shit. So I was like, you know, let's just say Matt and friends. And I consider you guys more than friends. I consider you guys family. You know, you guys uh, make this whole thing go wild for me. So I appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you've been doing in the, in the wrestling industry. And, and, you know, you're going to be a bright star. I can tell already based on just what I've seen of yours. And I'm really excited to see where your future goes, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just as excited, man. Um, I'm just another fan. Um, man, I'm still at my mom's house. I'm in my humble abode of <laughs> room that I have at my mom's house, you know? So I'm still watching every Wednesday, every Friday, you know, I'm, I'm just another fan in the business trying to make it as well. So it, it is uh, a family thing i've noticed that the wrestling world and the business and once you get into it it's more than just friends and fans it, it is family and oh, uh, i love it absolutely and you know i i wouldn't have it any other way man you know wrestling is like an escape you know i i've i mentioned before you know before we started about me having to take a break last year because of mental health and uh, I've been battling with that since I was 13 years old, you know, I'm 30 now. So for a long time, um, but man, wrestling, anytime I put it on, it's like, I'm in a whole new world and it, it saves my life, man. And, and what you guys do, you guys have no idea what it does for people like me to just get away and to escape into this whole different reality. So it's absolutely incredible. Well, I'll backdoor that and say that wrestling saved my life as well. And that's the things that keep us going. I don't know about, everybody you know there's obviously not too good people in the business I wouldn't say bad people but people that do things that aren't commendable and respectable but I do want to be the the wrestler or the guy in the business or in anything that I do in life that gives other people life and fuels other people to go that, that's what keeps me going because uh, like I'll backdoor what you said I've battled with depression myself and I found ways to kick it and coping mechanisms and all that stuff is passed down through genetics in my family so yeah. sometimes i have to get my escape in other ways um and find coping mechanisms to deal with things and wrestling has been the biggest help for me it's it's changed my life and it's saved my life as well now what other what other things do you do to kind of help with mental health and depression and stuff like that just to kind of give people that deal with it other ideas of what they do so skateboard <laughs> Skateboarding. Um, I recently picked up playing the guitar. That's awesome. Uh, uh, small things, small hobbies that fuel me. Um, I've noticed that people like to find happiness or search for happiness in 
the end results. People seem, seem to think that they can do X, Y, Z, and then they'll be happy. And I don't necessarily think that or agree with that. I try to find happiness in the everyday mundane things that you have to do every day, like waking up and making your bed or making yourself some breakfast. Um, I try to find happiness and acceptance in those things instead of moping and complaining on things that you, you just can't change. So uh, I do, I skateboard and I play the guitar for just as hobbies, but it's how I train my brain to process everyday things because life is going to throw curveballs at you, man. There's going to be things that you just can't control in life. And to let your emotions get the best of you in situations like that, it, it does no benefit to you. So I do absolutely. a lot of things to help cope. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I used to try to skateboard, man. I, I sucked at it so much. <laughs> I, uh, I had a dark star, uh, Darth star was it called? I don't remember the brand, but that was what I had, man. And it was like one of the coolest freaking things, like one of the top brands back in, I don't know, early 2000s. I think it was Darth Star, if I'm not mistaken, but it may be uh, death. Not sure. I don't know, man. But I mean, dude, I, I was always afraid to go on ramps and stuff like that. I just all I would try to do is ollies. That's it. <laughs> that was definitely that was me. Uh, that was that was definitely all I could do, man. I couldn't I couldn't skate for crap, <laughs> but. Hey, man, just to get on the board, it was awesome. So I've been skating for um, over 10 years, but I'm from a very small country town. Um, so I didn't really have anywhere to skate for a long time, and I gave it up for years. But uh, I was just as bad. There was one time I was in a skate competition, actually. I was maybe 13. And uh, I knew after that the little competition session that I did so bad, I didn't even want to see how I placed or if I placed, so I just left. <laughs> just, just in your mind in your mind you won right in your mind you won okay yeah i'm there i'm traveling i'm doing my thing i'm skating in front of all the judges i did it man i probably got dead last hey absolutely hey man the whole thing is you did it i couldn't even do it so hey you did it you took those steps man i uh i i commend you for that i mean shit well, thank dude. you bro. i've thank tried to I've tried so many different things in life and I just, I couldn't do what you guys do, man. It's crazy. Well, that's what I was going to say. Um, getting into actually doing the wrestling, not just watching it. Um, I've heard more now from older people and people that I've looked up to. Cause like I said, I'm from a small town. Everyone knows everybody. So I'll go to the gas station or the bar and you know, there's some guy that's older than me just commending me and people want to call me a superstar now. And like I said, I'm just a regular old dude, but, what they hammer home is that, man, I wish I could have chased my dreams like you're chasing your dreams right now. And I didn't start wrestling until I was, I think, 20, yeah, 21. And when I was 19, I was getting in trouble in and out of jail and stuff like that. I thought my life was over. But 21 came, found professional wrestling. It saved my life, like I said. And I like to tell people it's never too late to pick up a guitar or start back skateboarding or go to school or chase the career that you want to do. Even if you don't do it a hundred percent to make it in that industry, you could always pick it up and use that as an escape. So it's never too late to do anything in life. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, shoot, when I was, when I was 23, I, you know, like I said, I tried out for pro wrestling and uh, I got a concussion my first day of training and uh, it was, it was horrible, but I had the whole gimmick idea down pat. I had my name, I had on my finisher. Like I had everything like, Oh, like what I wanted to do. And 
Uh, I never went back to it, man, but I told myself, you know, it, it's never too late to try it again. And I think I'm going to do it one of these days, you know, just hearing your inspiring story about, you know, never giving up on your dream and stuff like that. I mean, dude, I'm why, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like you only get one life. <laughs> no. And whenever you're on your deathbed and whenever you're getting put six feet under, do you want to take it to the grave knowing that you didn't give it a hundred percent or at least go back and try to do the things that you wanted to do in life. And that's what pushes me every day. I, I know that I only get one life and I do not want to waste it. Oh, absolutely. And man, you, you know, you, you said you were in, in and out of uh, our prison, you know, here and there. And, you know, it, the life that you had and stuff like that brought you to who you are today. And I don't think, you know, I, I always say, you know, everything happens for a reason and it brings you to who you are. Uh, you know, we all had battling troubled pasts and stuff like that. And, you know, some different than the others, obviously, but it all leads us to who we are today and all we can become is better people. Absolutely. So I will yeah. correct you. Um, I never went to prison. I was in and out of jail as a juvenile. Um, okay. juvenile um, I was in a juvenile military boot camp facility. Um, okay. You know, I had to stand and march and everybody, they, we called them BDUs. They were battle dress uniforms. You know, it's your camos and the boots and stuff like that. We would sing and cadence. Um, and then whenever I, I became of age, turned into an adult, I did do some time in counting, but never got as far as to going to prison. You know, I've been blessed in life and I've done things that could have landed me there, but somebody has been watching over me and I have oh, landed. Sure. And now I have a story to tell and I'm super glad that it didn't get that far because it could have. Oh, for sure, man. And I'm, I'm glad everything changed for the better for you, for sure. Um, let's get into some pro wrestling stuff. When did you become a fan of pro wrestling? Um, it's been in my blood, man. So, uh, I touched a little bit on it whenever I had, uh, he asked me a question. The, the guy, his name is Stu. Um, he works with Dustin at the RWA camp and he interviews all the wrestlers before their matches. And I told him that my father left when I was two. Um, he's big city on the move, hustling guy, uh, came down to the small country town, met my mom, had me, didn't like it here, moved back off to the city, thus leaving me and my mom for, uh, for, to fend for ourselves, really. And she met my stepdad when I was, well, she knew my stepdad before I was born, but they got together when I was like one and a half, got married when I was two, and he was taking me to wrestling shows for as long as I can remember. I was going to wrestling shows before I where I had my first memory. So it's in my bloodstream. I've been a fan for my entire life. Do you remember what event you first went to? No, uh, there's a picture and I'll probably upload it and I'll tag you in it. Um, it's a picture of me, no more than knee high. And, and it's my stepdad. And you can tell it's in the late nineties. It was probably taken on one of those uh, capture cameras or whatever. Um, definitely not a smartphone. Not <laughs> yeah we didn't get those until a little later on <laughs> yeah. uh, you can tell it was old back in the day and we were backstage at a wrestling event then and i don't remember what it was he doesn't remember what it was i've tried to ask him but i remember going to raws um whenever i was like six or seven getting to see trish stratus and um i met john cena one time backstage after a, a, a raw not a raw house show but a, or just a regular wwe house show um so I couldn't even tell you my first one then. How was that experience? Because I've heard 
So I've heard back and forth things about meeting John Cena. I've heard that he's a very negative person, but I heard he's a very positive person. So what was your experience like meeting John Cena? So I was super starstruck, obviously. Um, but I remember specifically he was in a tables match versus Edge and he lost. Um, I don't know if he was beat up and hurt or I don't know if he just wanted to get back on the road again that day. But um, everyone was in the back of the building surrounding the barricades um, that made sure, you know, a mob of people didn't get to the wrestlers. John Cena walked out and uh, he was signing autographs and stuff. And it was back whenever he had the chain gang. Um, <laughs> little uh, spinner pendants. Yeah. Um, I asked my stepdad, I was like, hey, do you have anything that I could ask him to sign, like the autograph or whatever? My man's gives me a napkin and a pen. And he's like, here you go. That's all I got. So <laughs> I asked John Cena to sign a napkin for me. I was like seven or eight years old. And he was like, you know what? I got something better. He reached and he grabbed the pendant turned it around and he signed the back of it and uh it, he was great and i was starstruck that's all i remember but i can visibly tell it's like he was beat up and like he probably didn't want to be back there you know, signing all those autographs he probably wanted to get home um so not a bad experience for me but i have heard the same thing i have heard that he can be troubling to try to talk to do you still have that pendant no so i remember i didn't take well care of it and it got rusty and oh, the man. chain gang thing wouldn't spin anymore. So me not thinking as a little kid, I went and I grabbed some Dawn dish soap and water. And I don't know why I thought that that would unrust my chain, but I washed a signature off. Oh, no. It was heartbreaking. It was so Dude, heartbreaking. That does, yeah, that, that would break my heart too, for sure. I mean, especially having that experience and that exchange. I mean, but that, I kept, uh, it in, kept it in here, man. Oh, absolutely. And hey, you know what? Some people might be like, yeah, right. We don't believe you. But I believe it, man. It's a story. And I think it's absolutely incredible for sure. Um, who were some of What's up? I said I wouldn't lie. I appreciate that. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, who were some of your inspirations that made you want to do pro wrestling? Um, when I was a kid, it was Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam all day. Um, just their the move sets and the things that they did were so different and they were the smaller guys, you know, they were captivating and the way they moved and just everything that they did was exciting. And I liked their excitement. Um, now when, whenever I got back into watching wrestling and learning more about the world of wrestling outside of WWE, um, it's really been Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has been my number one favorite wrestler for years now, ever since I've learned about him. And I just think that, Everything that he does, every move that he makes is so intricate and so well played out. And he, he's so inspirational. You can learn anything and everything from just watching one of his matches. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I'm the biggest Omega fan, believe it or not. Um, but I do say that he has hell of matches for sure. I think for me, it's one of those things when somebody has so much hype on them it makes me not be like the biggest fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want to be the like bandwagon person. I want to wait until people are like, yeah, Kenny Omega was yesterday. And I'd be like, you know what? Kenny Omega has always been great. So I want to be that guy. <laughs> you know? I came across Kenny Omega whenever I was just finding out about the world of wrestling outside of WWE. Cause whenever I was a kid, all I knew was WWE and TNA. 
And then I stopped watching for years, started working jobs, you know, I was going, getting in and out of jail and in trouble and stuff like that. But I started learning about the world of wrestling in Japan and things like that. And that was whenever I was still trying to keep it low key that I was watching wrestling again, you know, just trying to dip my toes back in the water to see if it's gotten any better. And um, the one match I saw was the Omega Okada match. And it was like just hook, line and sinker. I was just all in at that point. Oh, absolutely. And that's not a pun for AEW all in. It's just you were all in. I don't oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even try. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. I. Uh, when did you start watching TNA? Because I before we started, I mentioned you, you kind of remind me of a TNA original. Um, and it was a name that you kind of were like, yeah, I don't know who that is, you know. But when did you start watching TNA? I remember specifically the day I found TNA. Um, I was in my grandma's house and it was my stepdad's mom. So I was at her house and she knew that I always liked wrestling. Well, for some reason she had a TV in the kitchen and that was unheard of. Like at the time when I was a kid, like I, it was weird to me, but I remember always watching TV in the kitchen at her house. I was flipping through the channels and I, I came across TNA one day. It was on Spike TV and I was, I was like mind blown. I was like, this is wrestling, but it's not WWE. What? And then <laughs> I had a ring and I was like, what? So I remember specifically that day, I was probably no more than nine, maybe. Gotcha. So that was probably, I want to say maybe around 2004, 2005, because that's when it was on Spike TV. I remember watching it. It was like late at night and uh, right after they always had like the man show or something on right after. But uh, do TNA early years, absolutely incredible. And I don't know if you watch Impact now, but Impact is starting to be on that whole new level again with all the yeah. stars they have on their show. But uh, no, man, absolutely. You remind me so much of Jarrell Clark. I don't know what it is, but you'll have to look him up because I think he was absolutely underrated and incredible athlete. Um, and like I said, I, I, you know, there's that little bit too, that reminds me of Johnny Gargano with you. And I think it's absolutely incredible. And I, uh, dude, I can't wait to see what goes on with you in your future, because I think so much of you already and just the small amount of matches that I've already watched, you're going to have a bright frigging future, man, for sure. I appreciate that, man. That means the world to me because I've been at my lows, you know, I've been told that I wouldn't be nothing. So well, you're something to somebody like me. So that's a good thing for sure. Um, now, when you did your Rhodes Wrestling Academy, they said that, you know, you were there for a couple weeks, 12 weeks, I should say, but you've been wrestling for two years, almost sort of here and there. Um, so where did you originally train from? Who was your original trainer? So there's this company, it's called Advanced Pro Wrestling, APW, and it's out of Cleveland, Texas. Um, Cleveland is just another small town. It's a little bit bigger than my hometown. Um, but they threw a bar wrestling show in my hometown and I saw the poster and I was like, I got to get in touch with these people. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but if they're coming and wrestling in my hometown, I'm going to make sure to get on a future show. Like I got to get my foot in the door. Um, I called him. He was like, yeah, we have training on these days, you know, just show up. Um, I pulled up and I still remember to this day, I, was, I used to drive a little mini Volkswagen Beetle and I pulled up to his house in a Volkswagen Beetle, man. Um, and he had an old beat up ring that was just in his backyard. And I was like, all right, 
this is where I get my start. Just good old backyard wrestling. Um, now, I don't mean to cut you off really quick. Was the ring high up or was it on the ground? It was a higher up. It was a standard normal, normal okay. size ring. Higher up. And that's when I really got to see the uh, the logistics of a ring. You know, it didn't have the uh, mat cover on it. It was just the steel frame and the plywood. And I was kind of scared. I was like, whoa. Um, but then we put the mat on and the covering and the padding and stuff like that. And I, I kind of learned how to set up a ring, not set up fully, but how to put the mat and the padding on my first day. And then we got to bump in and stuff like that. So APW out of Cleveland, Texas. And it was, it's been uh, a weird snowball effect from that first day because I started there, trained a little bit there, moved around, moved around, went to Colorado, came back. It's been a lot of stepping stones in my journey. Oh, for sure. I mean, so there's only been a couple of your matches that I've seen. Um, have you wrestled a lot in those two years? Have you just been kind of traveling around, learning and stuff like that? My AEW match was my sixth match ever. That RWA match for the triple, the triple threat match for the RWA championship, that was my seventh match ever. So um, I got my first match, I think, three months, three or four months into training. Um, I had my first match and then it held off for a long time because politics got involved with the company I was in, APW. Um, one of the, the trainers that I had met along the ride, he got outed as being a pedophile. So I had to stop training with him. Um, then I moved to Colorado and then Colorado gave me a shot. Um, I was in a battle royal with Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, had to move from Colorado when COVID happened. And I've had a few matches here and there in Texas before I went to RWA and then RWA, I had my AEW match and then the RWA title match. So in my entire career, man, it's been like seven or eight matches. Uh, I hope 2022 brings a lot more than seven or eight matches for sure. Um, yeah. Now, Rocky Mountain Pro, dude. Rocky Mountain Pro is a wrestling organization I've watched on Fight TV. Um, yeah. Absolutely an awesome place. I hope to see you there again in the future. I think that'd be absolutely incredible. Um you know, a lot of cool names have come from Rocky Mountain Pro that I don't think a lot of people really realize. So I think people need to start watching Rocky Mountain Pro a little bit more for sure. Yeah. So two guys that Rocky Mountain Pro have trained that went on to do bigger and better things um, is Lars Sullivan, which I know his name kind of rubs people the wrong way in the wrestling business. Um, and then Otis. Otis trained at... Um, uh, Rocky Mountain Pro and then Abaddon trained at Rocky Mountain Pro and my first day pulling up to the facility in Colorado I saw Abaddon and I kind of marked out I was like oh geez it's her <laughs> that's awesome yeah no Otis I think his name was like Dozer or something like that and Rocky Mountain and uh yeah it's absolutely awesome and I've seen so many people come out of there that I'm like yeah dude this dude's gonna be a star one day I can tell and uh it's, I mean it's an it's awesome organization What's that? I was going to say, get some more wrestlers from their roster on your podcast. I, I've met mostly all of them. They've brought in a few guys that I don't know now. But guys like Balaam, Atiba, Damon Ace, they're, they're great guys, super talented, have a great future ahead of them. You should definitely get them on the show sometime. They're great people. Oh, absolutely, man. And I'm, I'm working my markets for sure, you know, especially because there's so many incredible athletes out there. And I've talked about it on my show before. There's so many organizations out there. Um, 
I've talked about with uh, JT Dunn, actually, we said, and we were talking about it. It's funny because we both felt the same way that we only thought WWE existed. And then we seen slowly, like there's so many other organizations and we're like, yeah, dude, there's too much going on. And, you know, there's thousands of pro wrestlers in the world, man. It's crazy to keep up with everybody. But what that's what I love about AEW because they put these wrestlers on dark or elevation to kind of help elevate their name and, and stuff like that. And um, I think that's really too, you know, a place where I watched your match and I was like, yeah, dude, just look alone, man. Kane Carter is going to blow up. I guarantee it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to look into trying to get a couple of guys from Rocky mountain eventually here. Um, now there is a couple questions here that I have. I'm trying to see which one's next. Um, your match with Manny Domingo. I watched that on YouTube. Um, during the match, he said, uh, this your boy, mama. Was that your mom recording the, the match? Yes, it was. Yes. That's uh, absolutely mom. awesome. <laughs> is my number one fan. That is my rock. Uh, man, whenever she dies, you might as well throw me in the casket with her because I'm gone. Um, that is my woman. Oh, absolutely, man. I thought, I thought that was absolutely special, especially because it kind of shows how, how your mom just supports what you're doing and absolutely will follow you wherever you go. So that's absolutely incredible. Um, does she record a lot of your stuff when you're doing it or is she on the road with you a lot or. So she's been the one to record my matches. If you look ever so closely in the background of that match with Manny Domingo, my stepdad is on the other side of the ring recording with his phone. He's in a white t-shirt. Um, they both record my matches and I want to get a, an actual camera and a memory card so I can start setting up um, just a cam for myself and having my matches for myself because right now it's been just phone recordings and I want to get a little bit more professional than that. Oh, for sure, man. And, you know, just those little recordings, I mean, it just shows to how, how passionate you are just to kind of review what you're doing and kind of kind of say like, all right, did I do this wrong? Or, hey, did I do this right? You know, and uh, the, the swan time you hit in that match, dude, I thought it was beautiful, beautifully done. So I uh, I, I, I was impressed, man. A lot of people try to hit that swan time move and, and it does not come out the greatest. So I was very impressed with yours. Um Another another move that you've hit that I've seen you hit um, in the Rhodes Wrestling Triple Threat match um, was the uh, reverse STO twisting in a DDT type move that we've seen. I know this guy rubs people the wrong way too, but we've seen Velveteen Dream hit before on NXT. Um, is that your finisher or is that like one of your main moves? So I wouldn't call it a finisher. I am a huge – well – yeah, I would say it's my finisher. I'm just a fan of um, the All Japan style that Eddie Kingston is a fan of as well. So I don't think anything really – I mean, yes, there's finishers, obviously, but, I mean, it's just another signature move of mine. I would say it's a signature move of mine because I would like to have more than one signature or more more than one finisher in my pocket. But, yeah, oh, as of right now, it's my move. I agree with that for sure. Um, you know, you've seen wrestlers out there like Alex Shelley, who has a list of signature moves and he doesn't, he doesn't use just one to finish every match. He finishes matches differently. And I think that's absolutely an awesome thing to do is just have multiple different ones, but kind of, you know, something that people familiarize with you, you know, um, you've seen guys hit their signature moves and, and 
becomes their finisher, but to have like a list of certain signatures, I think is absolutely awesome. Um, now we heard rebel in that match, call it the CC DDT. Um, is that what you call it or do you call it something completely different? So that process happened. She gave it the name. I never called it that. Um, just to spill the beans on a little, uh, backstage stuff that goes on in the wrestling business. Rebel asked me, she was like, uh, what's your finishing move called? Like what do you do? And at that time I knew what I, the move that I was going to do and I knew it was my signature, but I didn't have a name for it because I couldn't call it the Velveteen DDT, the Velveteen Dream DDT or whatever he called it. Um, so I, I couldn't think of a name on the fly. Um, Dustin Rhodes' wife, her name's Terrell. She's an awesome lady. Um, I, I tried to ask her because she's very smart and comes up with things on the fly. Couldn't think of a name. So she was like, well, we don't start recording for a couple hours. Come back to me after you give it some thought. Well, I completely forgot. And I was so worried about prepping for the match that I didn't go back and talk to Rebel. So whenever she called it on the fly and was like, I just named it the CCDDT, it was really on the fly. I had no name for it. That's absolutely awesome. So after that, after you watched it, were you like, "Hey, that works"? Or what, what were your what was your thought process on that after she already coined it? I loved it. Well, after the match, she came up to me because um, I was sitting in the chair and I was drinking a water bottle. I was gassed. I was so tired after that match. And she came up to me. She was so excited. She was like, "Hey, I named your move." And I was like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> to tell you." She was like, "No, no, no. It happened perfectly. I named your move. It's the CCDDT." And I was like. I like that. I love it. Oh, absolutely, man. It works. I uh, I was like, you know what? He keeps that. I'm cool with it. You know, it, it flows easy. It's nothing like over the top with a name. You know, you've heard so many names like the Panama City Sunrise. Like that's a, you know, I can't say that 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 fast, man. But the CCDDT, quick, easy, you know, one, two, three. Perfect. Um <laughs> Now, let's talk about how you got into the Rhodes Wrestling Academy. How did that whole opportunity come to you? And, and what was your experience getting that phone call? So, like I said, COVID happened, and I had to leave Rocky Mountain Pro in Colorado, come back to Texas. Um, my aunt actually almost died from COVID. She got COVID and then pneumonia at the same time, and she was put in a medically induced coma for four months. And... You know, I kind of had to come home and comfort my mom and be there for her because that's her sister. Um, it was it was a tough time. So I was working at the time um, at a game room in one of those underground gambling places. Um, and I was working to get back to Colorado. And then I saw the Rhodes Wrestling Academy post. I saw Dustin post it. And to apply for the school, you have to send in a two minute promo as to why. Dustin should pick you to come to his school. So I sat in my kitchen one day and I literally remember counting all the deleted videos from just all my takes that I took. I had over 202 tries um, to record this promo to send to Dustin. So it was a three-day process, actually. I was recording promos for three days. Um, so I finally just settled on one and I was like, I don't, I don't necessarily love it, but I'm just going to send it. I'm tired of messing with it. Um, he selected his first class and I kind of lost hope because I didn't know he was going to be doing it in a class form. I didn't know there would be class one, class two, class three. So I lost hope and I was working to go back to Colorado. Well, I'm just chilling at work one day, just free willy. And 
Terrell, his wife, emails me because by the time I changed my phone number, she said, hey, Lathan, this is Terrell Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes' wife. We're trying to get a hold of you, but the number that you have on your application isn't working. Could you provide a new phone number? I emailed back immediately, and within two minutes, I got a phone call and said, hello. He says, is this Lathan Bennett? I said, yes. And, he, and I'm not going to lie, Dustin sounded like Cody on the phone. <laughs> I thought it was Cody, and I was like, yes. He was like, hey, Lathan, this is Dustin Rhodes. And I kind of marked out. And I'm lucky that I was at work in the game room alone at that time because I did. Kind of, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had to step outside. And uh, my boss pulled up while I was on the phone. And she had to get on to me because I was outside on the phone for like 30 minutes talking to Dustin. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you don't understand how big of an opportunity this is. That's absolutely awesome. So what did, what did your boss say after that? Uh, she was happy for me. Uh, she's not the biggest wrestling fan. She knew of it back in the day, you know, Hulk Hogan and whatever, what have you. But, you know, once I told her, like, this guy's a living legend. Uh, I used to watch him on TV as a kid. Um, I, had to, I had to break it down to some people. I, I was telling people, man, um, it's like if Elvis was alive and you were playing the guitar and Elvis just called you one day and be like, hey, I, I pick you to come to my guitar lesson training, you know, like. Dustin's a living legend, so I had to tell, I had to break it down to some people in that kind of aspect. They're like, "Oh, this is a big deal." Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it is a big deal, man. And like you said, he is a living legend. I mean, creative wise alone, dude is absolutely fantastic. And in that yeah. ring, man, he just gets younger and younger. It's insane how incredible he still is. Right. So we were at the Dynamite for the the whenever we went to tape for AEW Dark, it was. Um, on a Thursday and Friday, I think. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But anyways, we got to go to that Dynamite where he faced Brian Danielson. And we were there live. And that crowd was insane. They loved every bit of it. And um, weirdly enough, we got seats by somebody that knew Dusty. Um, he knew Dustin, Cody, and Dusty from way back in the day. Um, his name was Big Tilly. I don't know if you remember, but he worked a little stint in TNA. Yes. And um, he was just telling By Delta uh, Slam, that's what he was in as a tag yeah. team. Yes, we got uh, – and there's a picture on my Instagram of me, Chad Lennox, Big Tilly, and his son from whenever Cody threw his weight boat into the crowd. But, man, he was just saying the same thing. He said, Dustin just gets younger as he ages, and he's an amazing guy. I can't talk highly enough of Dustin. Oh, absolutely. And, dude – it's crazy because Dustin, Dustin and Billy Gunn, to see how long they've been in pro wrestling and to see that they just don't age is insane to me. Like, they're, they're older wrestlers and they're still completely killing it. Yeah, Billy Gunn looks like freaking Hercules. <laughs> oh, man. Him and, him and his ass boys. We don't want to call them ass boys because we don't want them pissed at us. But <laughs> Yeah, no, but... Dude, I was watching that match that you had on Dark teaming with Chad Lennox, and Chad is absolutely incredible. I, lo I love talking to him. He's, he's absolutely a funny dude. He's absolutely awesome. Um, and I was watching it, and the start of it, you were in the ring first, and he's like, no, I got this. And he went, and he started, I think it was Beer Bronson, I want to say he went to go attack, and he just kept, like, hitting him, and then he got knocked down, and I was like, that's typical Chad for you. <laughs> he's got he's – Big head, he's a mama's boy, you know. He thinks everyone should be like Chad. Go buy his merch. Um, but yeah, that, that's just Chad, man. He's from 
California, which I'm sure you knew that already, but for people that don't, he's from California, living in Texas. So his uh, just personality is not something you see every day in Texas, you know, because he's not from here. So he's a great guy. I like him. I like him a lot. And he helped me so much backstage and with the flight process going through the airports and stuff like that. It's something that he had gotten experience doing already and I didn't. So he helped me and walked me through the entire process. And uh, props to Chad. Shout out to Chad. I love him. He's a great guy. Oh, absolutely. And from what I've gathered is he's like Dustin's right-hand man at the Road Wrestling Academy. So, I mean, he does all the filming for your guys' showcases or producing or whatever. Um, Chad runs the YouTube channel. Whenever we film cases, Dustin brings in actual professional um, camera crews, not just one guy with the camera. They have right, a crew right. that comes and sets up multiple cameras. And then the editor, he goes and breaks down the film and puts angles where they belong and stuff like that. But Chad is a vital part in the Rhodes Wrestling Academy. He, um, he does what Dustin can't. And he does uh, a lot of things that Dustin just, he, like, he's a busy guy. You know, Dustin's always on the road, always out of state flying and stuff like that. So Chad really keeps up the the facility, and yeah, he is Dustin's right hand man. Oh, absolutely! And I think uh, you getting a team with him was really cool. And I hope eventually we get to see another pairing of Kane Carter and Chad Lennox on AEW programming. I uh, I think that could be a really fun thing to watch, especially because I know what you guys are both capable of without being in like those shorter matches right there. Just being, you know, what I've seen in Rhodes Wrestling Academy alone. You guys are both incredible talents, and I think the pairing of you two works very well. So I hope to see that happen again for sure. Thank you. Me as well. Me as well. Um, Let's talk about your triple threat match for the Rhodes Wrestling Academy Championship. Um, Now, we I watched your promo that you cut um, on both Paul Hubris and Lucas Chase. Um, I know you said that you were familiar that Paul Hubris has been wrestling for a while. You weren't too sure who Lucas Chase was. Um, did you really not know who Lucas Chase was before that whole opportunity? No. Um, so I didn't really look into the previous showcases that Dustin had hosted. Um, I'm very nitpicky about wrestling as well. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, just, I, I would rather have went there and experienced it myself than to um, try to dissect the other showcases because I would have put my all into just wondering what it's like and things like that so I didn't really worry and watch the showcases previously so I didn't know who Lucas Chase was I the only reason I knew of um Chad is because I saw the picture of him in the romper and that for some reason that just stuck with me and um I followed him on social media whenever I saw him in the romper because um I thought that was cool funny you know so absolutely (laughs) I really didn't know of Lucas um and we, I got to know him and I got to talk to him. He's a good guy too. I like him. Oh, absolutely. I, dude, I love talking to both those guys, but let's talk about the triple threat match as a whole. Um, you, you were, you were right there. I felt it, man. You were right there to get that title. Uh, unfortunately you got hit with the championship in the back and, and you ended up losing that matchup. Um, tell us what that whole experience was like for you being in that high profile match for a championship in an organization ran by one of the top pro wrestlers ever to do the thing. So it was my goal from day one to be in that championship match. Um, I told myself that I was going to work harder 
and everybody um, in the school. And I was trying to bring what I had to offer to the table. And I was honestly expecting to go in there with my little two years of experience and um, maybe be looked over. And that was, I think, me just focusing on the, the negative side of things. You know, I wasn't being optimistic and hopeful. Uh, I had my, I thought that I had my goals set too high and unrealistic. So, you know, working my tail off and doing extra reps outside of the school um, with all the other guys, um, I tried to put myself in a different category. And, you know, when Dustin told me that I would be wrestling for the title, it, it made me feel accomplished because that was what I was working for. Um, and I knew it was going to be a, uh, a race between me and Paul because Paul is just exceptional. He's so smooth. Every move that he does, his, his brain for the business. And I knew it was going to be a race between me and him. But whenever he said that we'd be in a triple threat match, I had never been in a triple threat match before, barely been in any singles matches, you know? So I was like, yes, this is just another new experience that I'm going to have to knock out of the park because you know, I can't just go out there and freeze up. I can't say, oh, no, Dustin, yeah, I, I don't want it. You know, it's triple threat. I've never been the triple threat. I don't want it, but I, I was so up for the challenge and it was a great experience working with them. They hit hard. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, two bigger guys for sure. Um, there was a part where I wanted to ask you, cause I've always been curious how this bump feels. Um, there was a part where you were running at Lucas chase when he was on the ropes and he back body dropped you over the top rope and you landed on the ground. What do those bumps feel like when you hit that ground? So luckily Dustin has invested a lot of money into his school and had the best equipment possible put into the RWA facility. Um, so the mat, it was, it was a thick mat to land on, but, you know, you got to think, I'm flying. I was probably 10 feet in the air, if not more. Um, it didn't feel good. And like um, the commentator said, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, I did have a previous shoulder injury. And there for a second, Dustin and Terrell wanted to pull me from the match. They were thinking about pulling me. You know, I didn't know if my shoulder would hold up well, um, but luckily it did. Um, if you notice, I landed directly on my bad shoulder and, uh, that was probably the worst part about it. But other than that, it was, I, I tried to take it as best as I could, but I was falling 10 feet in the air onto my face. So, yeah, no, nah, I mean, that bump looked like it hurt man. and I've, I've seen wrestlers take bumps like that. And I've never been able to ask somebody that kind of question because, you know, bumps in general, I mean, just depending on the p position you're in, it doesn't come easy. So what you, like I've said, what you guys do is absolutely incredible, but taking bumps like that, especially face first landings, I mean, that had to be rough, man, for sure. Yeah. I will say it wasn't as bad as the uh, apron, me bumping on the apron when Paul pushed me off, that sucked. Yeah. I'm surprised, man. I would, I would think that hitting the ground would be a little worse, but I get it, you know, for sure. I mean, I guess it depends on the positioning too, you know? Well, cause I came down on the apron face first as well. When I hit, I think I, I hit my good shoulder. Thank gosh. But whenever I bounced, I rolled off onto the mat. Then I landed on my bad shoulder again. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's rough, man. Um, there was a scene that I was going to ask you too. So there was a part where you were on the apron and you were running at to, to hit like a Santan dive onto or Santan dive onto Lucas chase on the outside. 
right after that, when you hit him on the ground, he got back up, power bombed you into uh, a pole or whatever that was. Um, where it was he supposed to originally catch you and hit you with that, and it just kind of did not work that way, or how was that supposed to go? Yeah, so I'm gonna put Lucas over here. Um, he, he was supposed to catch me, and uh, I was supposed to beat trigger Paul and then go and do the senton to Lucas, and he was supposed to catch me. But at that point, we're 10, 15 minutes into the match. Um, I guess his legs just gave out, and he was tired, and we were both tired. But I will put him over and say that um, he communicated quite well. And I know we're breaking kayfabe in the fourth wall and stuff like that now, but he communicated quite well um, and told me what to do, and he put us back into position to where we could get that spot in because I, I, I was the one that came up with that spot. I was – I was wanting to get power bombed into the pole. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, how does that feel though? Oh, uh, let me go back. I don't think I was the one that came up with the power bomb spot in the pole, but I was willing to take it. I did say, yeah, I'll take this. Um, so it, it felt well. Um, the pole had padding around it. You know, like I said, Dustin has the highest, safest equipment around. Um, I'm sure that he knows that once you get three people in there that are passionate about the business, um, we're going to use all the stops and we're going to use our environment to the best of our abilities. As you can tell, Paul went and grabbed the title because he was aware of it being a no disqualification match. And that's how we got over. So we, we did it to the best of our abilities and it didn't feel good. I mean, it felt better than the apron bump. I'll say that. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> like I said, all bumps are different for sure. You know, and, it's crazy what you guys do. I want to tell you that the Hurricane Rana you hit, the diving Hurricane Rana you hit on Lucas in the ring was absolutely beautiful. Thanks. Such fluid motion, man. And, you know, I, I watch so much wrestling in life and I, I see like people try to hit the Hurricane Rana and, and some people don't hit it the, the, the greatest. You, you see that obviously, but the way you rotated, the motion you had with it was absolutely beautiful. And I think it was absolutely one of those moves that you have to continue to use. Thank you very much. I, and see, I, I was, I was kind of skeptical about that. I felt like I could have hit that better. Um, something that Dustin hammers home is that professional wrestlers are weird, man. You got to be a weird messed up individual to go out there in some tights and to want to get hurt. So, um, don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, um, I lost it again. Oh yeah. We're wrestlers are our own worst critics and we're a perfectionist and to do something like this, you know, we want to do it to the best of our abilities. So I was kind of skeptical on that move and I gave it some criticism. So to see that you liked it, I, I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I, I critique pro wrestling to T and there's, like I said, you know, the hurricane Rana could be hit beautifully, you know, by certain people and being, being still newer to the business, you hit that very well. You know, I've seen people years into pro wrestling, still trying to hit that move and it doesn't come out nearly as good as yours did. So um, I will take praise on that move itself for sure. In your repertoire, for sure. Um, now the matches that I watched, on YouTube, you didn't have the Kane Carter name as your name. So what made you finally decide on Kane Carter as your, your pro wrestling? So I've learned in wrestling that you can't try to write out your entire career. And that's kind of uh, in life in general, you can't write out your entire life, what you're going to do 
to the day you die. Like I said, life throws curveballs, this business, you know, you may think you want something a year later into it, you don't want it. So I was toying with names and ideas as to how I could grow into a gimmick. And the gimmick that I wanted to be um, was like a godfather, mob boss type of suit and tie wearing guy. Um, and in the Italian culture, a Don is top guy. You got to think Don Corleone, things like that, you know, they're top guys. So for the longest time, I wanted to be Don Rosé. Um, and then I wanted to get to a point where I earned the Don moniker because, you know, in the mafia, the mobs or whatever, you know, you got to earn your ranks. So I wanted to incorporate that into storylines and, you know, just being a hot shot in the business. Um, so I started off with the name Dario Rose and I wanted to earn the Don moniker. Um, and then I just shortened it and was going by Dario for a while. I still have a t-shirt that I work out in. It was gonna be my merch shirt, it said Dario. Um, and just over time, I didn't like the name. Um, it didn't grow on me well. Um, I'm not Italian, I'm half black, half white. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, I wanted to give myself a name that was uh, not too gimmicky anymore. I wanted it to be like an actual name name. And my middle name is Kane. So my full name is Lathan Kane Bennett. And so I wanted to make a play off of my real name. And so I toyed with the Kane name for a little bit. And I just came up with Kane Carter and it stuck. Now, is that going to be the name that you permanently keep, or is it something you're kind of still working with? I like it. As right now, it's a name that I do want to permanently keep. I've made um, a name for it. I've made Kane Carter a name. Um, nobody knew Dario. Um, nobody knows Lay Kane. I go by Lay for short and, you know, shoot life. Um, but people know Kane Carter. Um, so that is something that I do want to keep and I have a signature to it now, the CCDDT. So I feel like unless, unless I sign with the E, you know, and they want to change my name to just Kane and I'll be Kane 2.0, then you know, I'm keeping Kane Carter unless something drastic comes and some company wants to change my name or something like that. Oh, absolutely. And now, now question, because you just mentioned the E. Um, now, everybody since all the releases happened in, in April of 2020, you know, when all that started and people were getting released one after another, there's that fear of people signing with WWE. Do you think you would have that fear or would it just be something you would want just as a, like an opportunity and just to see what comes from it? Is that what you just said? Because nowadays WWE is not the place to go. It's just a place to go, if that makes sense. Um, I And like I said, I am a big fan of Japanese style wrestling and I'm so optimistic and free spirited, you know, I, I want to visit the world. So I do want to take my time and travel to Japan, to UK, um, to Mexico, to Canada and wrestle for places like that. Um, the E is definitely a place I would like to do a stint in, you know, it's, it's the, it's WWE, you know, but it's I don't think I see myself making a living or a mainstay in WWE, but it is somewhere that I would like to get a feel of and, you know, get my toes in the water there. And it's crazy to talk about WWE like that now, because 
for the better part of over a decade, um, even two, three, whatever, um, it's been the place to go. It's had a, a grip on professional wrestling. So it's honestly cool getting to say these things because that means the business is evolving. You know, there's more places to go and more places to prosper and to make a name for yourself. So you don't think there is just one place anymore. You think there's multiple places, what it should be. Yes, absolutely. I am a big fan of the territorial days. Um, I like the fact that um, maybe in the 80s or whatever, you would see Ric Flair defending the big gold in one territory and then going somewhere else and defending it and making that title reputable everywhere. And I, I, I like that, you know, it gives it more real of a, of a sports feel, you know? Oh, for sure, man. And, you know, I, I hate seeing the people online because there's so many people that block somebody for saying like, I'm a WWE fan or I'm an AEW fan. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe in the whole blocking somebody because of it. you should be able to be a fan of whatever promotion you want to be a fan of and just call it a day. I mean, there's so much, pro wrestling out there that is insane uh pro south wrestling i just started learning about um due to my friend josh breezy he told me about that organization i was like all right let me check it out it's absolutely awesome they shoot their stuff and it's it's on youtube every friday you know they have a good organization there you have pwg you have well you had ring of honor it's hopefully coming back one day you know you have mlw czw you have so many organizations out there that I think a lot of people forget that. And then when somebody gets let go from WWE, they're like AEW bound. You know, they forget that there's so many other places that pro wrestlers could go. Uh, it's pretty sad to see that, but there are so many different organizations, all Japan pro wrestling, new Japan pro wrestling. Um, they have that new Japan pro wrestling. Um, I forget what it's called strong new japan strong or whatever that's in located in america you know i i think it's absolutely incredible and then you got all the championship wrestling from hollywood atlanta memphis you know all those organizations that i think a lot more people need to start realizing there's more places than just AEW and wwe right you know i agree but I would love to see you in, in all Japan, especially because you just mentioned it not too long ago about Eddie Kingston and talking about all Japan pro wrestling and how you kind of want to develop and stuff like that. I think you being a part of that just for a couple matches, even I think would be absolutely incredible. You know, yeah, it's definitely a goal of mine to go tour um, different countries and Japan is a country that not only inspires me um, from their professional wrestling standpoint, but just their culture in general. Uh, I know wrestlers and gamers tend to be alike, and I, I'm a, a advocate for gaming. I love gaming just as much, not just as much as pro wrestling, but I do love gaming and the history of games and stuff like that. And Japan has a huge video game culture. You know, they are the creators of some of the best franchise video games ever. So oh, I would, I would love to go to Japan and just witness the culture and to be a part of something. Um, that I don't get to experience every day because growing up in a small country town, I have had to realize that there's more than just this. And people try to, or people tend to get trapped in the small towns and think that that's all there is. And there's, it's, there's so much more to life. There's so much more to the world. And I only get one life. So I want to experience it all. Man. Oh, for sure, man. And I, I think you're, you're going to be able to do it. I mean, you're only 23 years old, right? So you got a long way to go, man. And I think you got such a bright future 
um, ahead of you for sure. Absolutely. Um, one final question for you here. Some of your dream matches. Who are three pro wrestlers? If you could take three of them, who would they be and why would you want to wrestle them? So I'm going to not include Kenny Omega because obviously that's number one. <laughs> um, but I will put over this guy that I just recently followed on social media. His name is Andre Encore Moore. And I don't know where he's located from. Where he's located, I don't know where he's from. I know that he had just had a match in HOG, and he is an up-and-coming rising star. Like, everything you say about me, I would think the same about him. He has the look, the talent, the charisma. Um, just every, his whole presence is great. He's got great moves just from the clips that I've seen on his social media. So he is somebody that I've had my eye on. I would definitely love to wrestle him. Um, but getting into bigger names... Um, I, 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 I want to wrestle everybody, man. Everybody's a dream match to me because, like I said, I would do it for fun, for free, with no crowds, nothing. Um, let me think. Darby. Darby. I would love to see. And I may not, I may not look it, but I kind of do like the hardcore style. I've never been in a hardcore match, never had a match. Um, with weapons yet besides the RWA championship match. <laughs> but I do want to get in there with somebody who is not afraid and that we can just beat each other up and go to the extremes. And, you know, Darby's not a bigger guy, you know, so I think two smaller guys tearing it up um, in a dangerous kind of hectic match. I, I would love to get to wrestle Darby. Um, and so Andre, Encore Moore, Darby, and Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Um, just him as a person, not even a wrestler, his presence as a person, um, how he talks, the way his brain works. I love that guy. Uh, I can't wait to meet him, hopefully, in the future. But his Dutch MMA style that he brings to the ring brings it more of a sports-like feel as well. And... Um, you know, once I get more experienced and talented, I feel like if I get in the ring with Malachi, we could probably beat each other up. But and I'm speaking on big terms here, but definitely Malachi Black, Darby Allen, and this guy that's bursting on the independence right now is Andre Encormore. Those are my three. I'll have to look him up. I've never heard of him, but like I said, I mean, there's so many wrestlers out there that it's hard to keep track sometimes. But I have to, I have to definitely look him up because if you're going to praise him, Obviously, there shows that there's something there for that guy. Yeah, and it's crazy. I've never seen a full match of his. This is strictly from what I'm seeing on social media. And um, he's a personal trainer. I know that. And he's just – his charisma and his presence is is there. You know, I can see him being a captivating superstar in the future if he sticks with it. I don't know what he's done before. I don't know how long he's been wrestling. But just from the clips that I see on social media, he has made me a fan of his. No, oh, I'll definitely have to check it out. I got three dream matches for you. I'd love to see Kane Carter versus Darian Bankston. I think that would be an absolute banger of a match. Darian Bankston's completely killing it, doing his thing. And I, I think another big, bright future star right there. Kane Carter versus Jason Hotch, I think, would be another great, great matchup. And then Kane Carter versus JDX. I think those three matches right there would be absolutely incredible. 
future stars in the ring, I think completely can blow up big mainstream matches for sure. And I think you being in the ring across from those three wrestlers right there would be big matches. Um, just based on what I've seen about you and what I've seen in their matches, I think your styles can make something electric for sure. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know the first two names that you said. I'll have to look them up as well. But I do know JDX. I met him at the AEW Dark tapings. Um, I met him at the hotel, and uh, we sat and talked a little bit backstage, you know, while they were setting up the arena. So I've met JDX. He's a good guy. Um, I, would, I would like to get in the ring with him as well. Oh, absolutely. And I've had him on my show. Dude is so humble, such an amazing person. And, you know, Kane Carter versus JDX, we got to make that happen, man, for sure. JDX, JDX, (laughs) whatever promotion wants to book it, Kane Carter and JDX, we got to make it happen. We will, man. And as soon as this happens, man, as soon as this tweets out, this podcast, I'm going to tweet at JDX and we're going to make that match happen. I don't know where, I don't know how, but we're going to have it happen for sure in the near future, hopefully. Uh, Kane, man, I appreciate you being on the show. I had a lot of fun getting to know you and getting to know your whole experience with pro wrestling in general and getting to know your past, you know, past and stuff like that a little bit too. Um, you want to tell the fans where they can find you at on social media? Uh, Kane Carter underscore on Instagram. Kane Carter underscore on Twitter, I believe as well. Yeah. Just Kane Carter. Uh, any promoters looking to book? It's Kane Carter. 328 at gmail.com or you can just DM me on any social media platform. Greatly appreciate it. I'm looking to fill up my schedule for the next coming year. 2022 is going to be bright for you, Kane. I, I really can't wait to see what happens next. Such a bright future ahead of you, brother. You, you've warmed my heart so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. Like I told you previously, man, this has been my first podcast interview. You've given me a platform to tell my story first so anytime you want me back man i'm more than willing to do it anytime you just want to shoot me a message and chat my dms are always open to you brother like you said at the beginning we are family now we're family now for sure man and i can't wait to see what your future holds and absolutely man 2022 we'll, we'll get it back we'll talk again absolutely thank you man i appreciate you having me absolutely i hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of season two my guest was kane carter amazing bright future star right here You guys have a good one. We'll see you guys next time.